Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to have as a guest today, Dan LaFave. Dan is a business coach and best-selling author who empowers entrepreneurs to remove the bottlenecks in their business so they can have a self-managing business without sacrificing themselves or their family for their opportunities. His best-selling book is Living the Life of Your Dreams, How to Stop Working Insane Hours and Start Living an Awesome Life. I think that's something everybody would love to know more about and how to solve. So welcome, Dan, to our podcast today. Oh, thank you, Ed. It's a pleasure to be here. Fantastic. So I did a very light introduction of you, and I'd love for folks to hear from yourself, maybe a little bit more about what brought you to this work that you do as a business coach and how you interact with the market today. Well, certainly. Well, you know what? I've been a student of personal development for many years, read many books and and just studying. I'm I'm a a Kaizen practitioner. Uh, That means I continuously study and learn. And uh, so, um, you know, it wasn't natural. In fact, in my start here, I was going through the corporate ladder and I was managing multi-million dollar projects and budgets. And uh, but uh, the final kick that got me started in entrepreneurship was being fired. And first time ever, though, first time ever in my life, always first hired, last fired uh, because I'm, I'm resourceful. I, I'm very creative. I, I always bring something to the table, even if I don't have to. Uh, just natural for me. But uh, but it was a kick. And uh, so it's been about eight years now. And uh, that was, you know, I remember that day. And I remember I just called my wife and I said, heading to Costco, grabbing a few things, just got let go. (laughs) See you when I get home. But 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 you know what? Um, it was interesting. I, I didn't know what to do. And a friend of mine who's a therapist, I, I just asked her, I said, you know, what, what should I do? And she says, well, what do you want? I said, well, I want inspiration. And I, I don't want to be with our family as much as possible. She said, well, pray for that. And I said, okay, <laughs> I could do that. And then the next day I got a call from my friend's father, Ken, who had a business that was thriving already. And I just remember holding the phone in my head thinking, Ken? What, really? Ken? Because <laughs> I knew his business. It was network marketing and I didn't really like that. Right. But anyway, I, I dove in and I did that for six months. But six months of that actually led me to flying to Salt Lake City, Utah and 
I had met somebody online. His name is Dave Blanchard. He's the CEO of Augmentino, which is uh, Augmentino wrote the world's greatest salesman. He was editor of uh, Success Magazine, you know, great, uh, great leader and teacher. But I had his book and I started studying it, but it led me to look him up. And I ended up learning about Dave Blanchard. And I bought some of his books because he said, buy eight, my, eight of my books or, or buy 10 of my books and get eight weeks of coaching or eight hours of coaching. And I was like, oh, I could use that. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> I reached out to him and I thought, you know what, where do you live? And, and he lives just outside of Salt Lake City. He's in Bountiful, Utah. And I said, you know what, can I meet you for coffee? He said, come and stay at my house. And uh, so I did, got to know him. And the seed was planted at his house. At the end of that evening, we watched an inspirational movie and uh, The Peaceful Warrior, if you've ever heard of that one. And, uh, and he said, you know, Dan, I think you'd make a good coach after getting to know me a little bit. And I was you know, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know, what's that, right? Um, but I came home, long story short, Dave and I didn't reconnect, but a friend of mine connected me with Dave, with Bob Proctor. And same sort of thing happened. I started talking, I bought all of his programs. I, I didn't have any income. My wife was uh, self-employed too. And I invested about $10,000 in his programs. And then the same friend said, why don't you talk to his team about coaching? And I said, sure. And I'm on the phone and... The same evening, uh, same thing happened, similar in nature. The guy says, why don't we get Bob on the phone? And I'm like, all right, why not? And then so then that evening, I remember I went to a network marketing meeting and then I had a call with Bob. It was late in the evening and he said a few words to me and it resonated with me. I could feel it in my heart, my bones, that, you know what? I need to go out and teach. I need to inspire people. I need to help people transform. I have resources. I'm wise. I study. I research things. And um, uh, so anyway, in the end, I said yes to Bob. He convinced me to invest another ten, fifteen thousand dollars in his and getting certified. And then I went and got certified. And then from then on, co-authored a book with Jack Canfield, Dennis Waitley, and Deepak Chopra. And then wrote my own book. And by the way, that book, the, the Living Life of Your Dreams, I was inspired to write that book in Dallas, Texas. I was at an event, and I remember leaving that event. And I'm like, I'm gonna write a book. And I came home and with the book written. And then three months later, I was published and number one bestseller. Wow. Wow. Well, there's so much in that story that we can pick apart. And I do want to go back to the beginning because you don't realize that you and I have had a very common start. I began as a consultant about 12 years ago because I was fired from my last employer and I had no intention of leaving that employer. I had no plans of being an independent consultant. I had no platform for doing it. I had no plans for doing it. And uh, my performance review was late and my boss called me and said, hey, Ed, I'm ready to do your performance review. And I went in and she said, you know, in actuality, there's a different conversation we need to have. And, you know, similar thing. I called my wife on the way home. I wasn't going to Costco, but, you know, I was going to another business site and I, uh, you know, I was very upset. You know, I was extremely impacted by that conversation. It wasn't because of the person who did it, but just the reality that my life suddenly and unexpectedly was changing. So I bring that up because a lot of people today, 12 years later, say, oh, Ed, it must have been so brave to you know, leave a company and start your own business. And I don't look at it as an act of bravery. You know, I was kicked out the door and I think maybe, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about this. And, you, you know, as you work with clients and others, maybe there was bravery in sticking with it and saying, hey, I want to do something as an independent. I've got to start from zero. And I did start from zero. I had no clients, no website, no models, no training. And I had to work from zero. But I don't think it was brave to get kicked out the door uh, and be left with a couple of choices, but sticking with it and, you know, 
surviving the ups and downs and the inconsistent income, et cetera, I think may have taken some bravery. I'm just curious what your thoughts and experiences on that front are, because I think a lot of our listeners have had a very similar experience. Mm -hmm. Well, and in my case, I was only at this company for three months. I, had, I jumped ship from another one that was boring and mundane, and I was only I was only that probationary period, and then boom, done, cut off. Uh, but you know, my response was quite unique. That I just I, st I stepped back and I said, "Well, this is interesting." You know, like I I know I'm valuable, but obviously they didn't see that, but that's okay. And uh, so I could have stuck to the industry. I knew it very well. I had so much experience in telecom. My brother and I had built a business in the '90s to a million dollars or seven plus figures in telecom, wireless telecom, but uh, we didn't see eye to eye and we weren't going to stick together. But, um, but anyway, yeah, the, the, the thing is I'm type of, I'm type of person that says, yes, I sort of investigate things. I think about it. I conceptualize it. And then I just say yes. And I don't really think heavily too much about things. And I just keep stepping forward. And I find what, I, what I'm looking for is the path of least resistance. Some people might call it a silver lining or something like that. But, um, but you know, um, I, I think that, you know, if we're talking about bravery, it's, it's about finding the, the, the path that you need to take and then just saying yes. And even if it's a difficult one, say yes, because being, you know, being let go is not a fun thing. It's, it's like it's a rejection. It's one of the highest forms of rejection, except for if your wife tells you no. You're right. <laughs> your wife tells you to get out, then it's a much different outcome. We out, well, I was at my company for about 10 years, so a little bit of a different situation. I don't know if in three months people could really know you well enough to know that they were letting go Dan, but just this new headcount that we had acquired. But, uh, you know, I had been at my company for 10 years, and so the uh, the island I was on had been getting smaller and smaller. So I can't say I was completely surprised by that decision, but certainly the moment where, I, where it's, Ed, we've made a decision to let you go was shocking and emotionally impactful and, uh, you know, uh, set me on this road that I'm on today. And ironically, I think oftentimes we look back on something and I would have told you 10 years ago that that was the worst day of my professional career. You know, I would tell you 12 years later, it was the best day of my professional career because I think sometimes I'd still be there if I hadn't gotten kicked out the door and been presented with something because at that point I was in my mid-40s and I didn't want to go back and work at another company. And it wasn't because I got terminated, but it was because I just wasn't enjoying that environment and I wasn't feeling highly successful and, uh, uh, you know, put me on this path of doing this type of work. So you know, I think those paths are, you know, can be very, very consistent. And likewise, as with you, and this may be a reflection of coaching, Dan, you know, I'm a yes person as well. You know, when people ask about my business model, I tell them, I always say yes, because there's a funnel that's going on. And you, you know, I don't say yes to the engagement, I say yes to the interview, and I may or may not get picked, etc. But, you know, unless it's a ridiculous deal, which only happens like 2% of the time, I am always future focused, I'm always optimistic and positive that it will work out or I can influence it in ways that'll help it work out. And I almost always say yes. Well, I was just going to say, you know, there's a couple of perspectives that I take and that I've learned over the years. And um, uh, so one of them is that I always believe that I always believe in perfect timing. 
So I even tell my clients, you know, whether male or female, I say, you know, hey, are you the king of perfect timing? Are you the queen of perfect timing? Well, if you are, then you have to trust it, right? You have to just know, step forward and be brave and go and have courage, right? And confidence. And, you know, I know that gets developed over time, but I think I've developed enough muscle now that I have something that I call I have a PhD. I have pig-headed discipline and determination. And uh, <laughs> so if my clients want that, I'm like, hey, I can show you how to get it, right? It's not going to be a fun, it's not going to be a fun journey, but it will be <laughs> well worth it when you get to the end because you'll have PhD and nobody can take that away from you. Right, right. Well, listen, as you're thinking about words or phrases, either in your experience, Dan, or maybe even the experience that you've had, with clients, what words or phrases you might think of when you think about bravery in the workplace? Well, um, I think that, you know, it's, it's all about, uh, it's a few things like it's confidence, courage, competence. I think those three really, uh, establish bravery when you have those three combined and, you know, they, they come in a certain order. So I, I don't know that everybody's going to find that order, but if you can, you know, establish, the courage, the confidence, the competence, you know, and it might start with competence, you know, so you, you gain knowledge and information and you do some research and, and, you know, most people get caught on, caught up with how they're going to do something. And I always would say, well, just take that word how and take the W and plop it in front and make it who, like who's done this, who can I mimic, who can I follow, who can I, you know, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's to the extreme. It's like, well, if they've done so great with their LinkedIn profile or their website, I should just mimic that. I should, you know, take it and modify it. And, you know, and, and um, you know, that way I don't have to do a lot of heavy lifting. They've done all the work. So why, why should I do it? You know, I should just follow their lead. You know, success leaves clues. So I'm always looking for little clues of what are the, other, other people are doing and how they're doing it. And is it aligned with my audience? You know, can we connect on that same level? Um, but, uh, but yeah, the words, you know, I think competence is, is all about gathering information and knowledge that you need first and then developing the courage and uh, to, to step forward to say yes and do what feels right. And then, uh, and then you develop the, uh, the competence. Uh, by taking steps forward and establishing systems or processes or, um, or or even relationships. And the relationships help as well. Like if if anything, if you're going to develop competence, don't do it by yourself. I mean, the mastermind principle was taught by Napoleon Hill and it's two or more people, you bring them together, you have more power. We know that, right? I mean, if you think about it, I mean, if there's a, think about a a, a device that has four batteries in it, versus one, you know, this, this mouse I have in front of me has one battery in it, but what am I, imagine if I had a big one that had four in it, lots more power, right? And maybe more potential. Uh, so, uh, so when you bring people together, I think, so to develop that competence, I think you, you do best to align with other people that are further up the ladder, further up the scale than you are, learn from them and, and push yourself, you know, like don't get on the tennis court with somebody who's at your level get out there with somebody who's a little step above, right? And that, you know, I've done it before. I was at Ritz Carlton in Jamaica. I remember when my, I got my butt kicked, <laughs> but I got better, right? And the guy, he complimented me. After. He said, you know what? You get better as I play better. Yeah, definitely. I play uh, golf now and again, and I will tell you that I have better games when I play with better players. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure what the psychology at play is, but there's something about playing with better players and they're not giving me advice and tips. We're just playing. But there's something about that that can really help you operate at a higher level. And I like your model, you know, about competence and 
and confidence. You know, when I work with clients, I talk about a coin that has two sides. One side is what you do. And that's not an area that I focus on with them. And that's whether they're an attorney or a manufacturing engineer or a pharmaceutical uh, individual, whatever they might do, that's the what they do. The area I spend time on is how they do it, right? And that's where the confidence and courage comes in because you could do, you could be the most brilliant what person in what you do, but have such poor relationships or such poor style, it's ineffective. And conversely, you could be the nicest person in the world and, you know, the, the, the enabler and the pleaser, but be too incompetent. And that's not going to work, right? So you want to have this great balance between uh, competence, which is what you do and how you grow and develop. And I think like your Kaizen learning that we're always students and we're always learning and then uh, ensuring that you're growing your capabilities of doing it as well. Dan, a lot of our guests have brought to the podcast a story that they've experienced in the past where they have either shown bravery and the impact that it had on their career or didn't show bravery and the impact that behavior had on their career. I'm curious if you brought a story today that you'd love to share with our listeners. Well, yes, there's certainly one that's fresh in my mind, and it goes back to the days when I was working with my brother in telecom. We were doing wireless telecom installations on rooftops, and he was in Chicago. He opened an office there, and uh, and I was here in Toronto running a business uh, with one other individual. And this day started at 7 and went to 11 p.m., 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. It was a long, long, long day, and, and this was a day of installing things on a rooftop. So uh, we ended up getting up on the rooftop, cutting it open, finding out this is an old building. It's not steel. The beams are not perpendicular. We need, the engineer drawings are completely wrong. <laughs> and so we need, a, we, we need a solution. Well, I called my brother and he quickly he said, you need a mobile welder. So I start finding a mobile welder. We get one, he comes out and we get to work on this. But here's the thing, we have a crane on the ground that's $500 an hour with equipment that needs to be hoisted on the rooftop. So I just said, hoist it up, leave it on the roof, on the pallet, We'll figure it out and go away, right? And so here we are, rooftop, trying to get things done. We have four of the people there building a wood deck and a platform, and they're up there working away. And I'm thinking, like, how are we going to get this equipment from what part of the roof onto that platform, <laughs> that steel platform that we just installed? And uh, anyway, uh, long story short, um, we ended up taking the door off, which we're not allowed to. It's mm -hmm. completely, you know, it, it's technical, right? So we we took it apart, unwired some things. And then, and then, uh, in the end we took the, the one part and, and this equipment weight is like the huge refrigerator. It's 1800 pounds. So we took the big piece, slid it across the platform and then lifted it up about three feet, six of us, a thousand pounds, and then put it on the platform, the steel platform, bolted it down, put the door back on another 800 pounds and then closed it and locked it. And 11 PM, we had pizza on the roof and we were done, <laughs> but it was, it was just one of those days where you never forget because it was like, you had to pull up all the stops and just get it done. Well, and I'm uh, imagine working at uh, eight, nine, 10, 11 at night, it's a little dark out there as well. Right. So, and you're on a roof. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're in Chinatown, you know, it's not, it's not the greatest place to be. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, it was just one of those experiences, but we just, you know, we just figured it out. It's like, that, that's my mind. I'm resourceful. I will mm -hmm. say to anybody that has a problem, I'll say, if you don't have the solution or can't find it, I will find it. And they're like, oh, I've tried everything. I'm like, yeah, but you haven't tried what I tried. So. <laughs> <laughs> and look, it sounds though the bravery really in that story was to keep moving forward and take the door off, which you're not supposed to do and look for other ways to make the unit lighter. Other people could have said, 
hey, this isn't going to work. We can't take the door off or we can't build the platform. I mean, you worked in the moment to find all these resources, the welder, the platform builders that were not scheduled to be there, right, in order to help you make this happen. Right. Yeah. And it was just it was just a question of, you know, how are we going to get this done? And like I said earlier, you know, it wasn't a how question. It was it was more like, you know, what's the path of least resistance? How can we just move forward step by step and find our way? And in the end, we got it on there and it was done and and they didn't know any different. So. Wow. Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing that great story as well as your other thoughts and observations about bravery in the workplace. If any of our listeners would love to contact you to talk more about your book or the business that you provide, how can they get in touch with you? Well, I think there's two of the best places. One is my website, lefavecoaching.com. They can find my book there. You can grab it. And it is all about reverse engineering your life. You can't go wrong doing that. I mean, that's that's the ultimate, <laughs> right? From death backwards. And, and then uh, the other source is LinkedIn. To, to go to my LinkedIn profile, I have resources and audio and, and videos there that you can you can listen to and tools and resources and uh, see who I am and what I do and how, how I might be able to help you. Great. And when we po- post the podcast, we'll also put up your LinkedIn site link as well as your book link on Amazon. So, Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. It was really great speaking with you. Thank you, Ed. It's been a pleasure. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week, and we hope you join us next week as we further explore Being Brave at Work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Apple, Google, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.